All right. So, um, so I want to uh, do uh, just right before lunch uh, is um, just kind of unpack. We're just going to go through the um, through the practices. I'm going to ask you some questions about those. You can ask me some questions. Want to make sure that you're just have a couple thoughts that I want to maybe add in there um, as you're continuing to kind of think through those and kind of uh, wrap your head around uh, around that. Um, so uh, real quick, schedule-wise, schedule basically we're just going to meet and talk real quick and we'll roll right into lunch and then we'll have a break uh, till dinner. And so I'll give you kind of some, uh, some ideas about what you can do around here. One of those could be sleep the entire time. So uh, that, that is up to you. That's called free time. Um, so when we, uh, and then we'll have dinner and then we'll spend um, uh, some more time together just talking through a few more things. And then again, it's just spend some more time um, resting or hanging out, playing games. Uh, so that's kind of uh, what the rest of the day looks like. Sound good? All right. Um, Katie, give me your thoughts about. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's pointed questions. <laughs> pointed questions. None of this end of the air nonsense. Um, yeah. Uh, as you spent time doing this. Um, how, how was your time? Was it helpful to you? It was helpful. I like how it was really like broken down. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff that I had never really thought of before. And it was really good to see how it was all like written out and given me like different ideas of like, hey, I'm actually doing something. Yeah. Right Didn't that feel good? good I'm doing <laughs> some of this stuff. <laughs> Good. Some of the different things that I could also be Good. Um, Steven, what are what were some thoughts that you had in spending the time doing this? This this Steven over here on the corner. Steven V. Well, for me, like you know, I enjoy just like like spending time like you know, like I spent all time like in each category. I only got to relationships. Like there's so many parts. It's like one big thing. It's like it's like small individual parts that we have to like always be attending and being and, being, and doing well at. Yeah. Um, and so like during my time, I was like, oh, I'm not doing it as good as I thought. It wasn't abiding on my mind relationship, and, and that yeah. was really um, hard to kind of wrestle with. Um, but it also is encouraging knowing like, okay, there are steps I can take. Questions will I take? Yeah. Jam. Yeah. You just have to like do it like regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's both encouraging and maddening. I do this, yeah, yeah. but not enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Like not really actually taking the practice to like assess where my relationship with God is at and why things are working, why things aren't. So it was it was helpful for that reason. Yeah. Ashton. Yeah, I like that it gave you a chance to look at what you're doing now and yeah. then just kind of like brainstorm some stuff. Because there's things that like you know you're talking about, like you do in part. Yeah. Like there's just ways that you can do it better and do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody have some things you're like, oh, I've got some ideas, right? That the Lord was kind of speaking to you as like you saw things. You're like, oh, that's a great idea. Or it made me think of this other thing, right? That, that it's crazy as we shift that focus and the Lord teach me like he is so faithful, right? To make us creative when we don't think we're creative and bring stuff up. Yeah. And like obviously you don't want to like just make it a pure formality, but the formalities can help us to do the task. For sure. It's like why not make that formality like in a morning prayer? And yeah. it doesn't yep. have to be this elaborate twenty minute, thirty minute prayer time, but it could just yeah. be you know, and you create these formalities but you just make sure your heart's in it. You know? Yep. Yeah, so so part of uh 
uh, probably later this evening, we'll actually get into like some specifics of some of that. Um, I've been uh, practicing some of that and absolutely true. That's really helpful, right? We need training wheels. <laughs> um, let's see one more. Phil. Yeah, it's just kind of, was that helpful to you in, in, in what yeah, way? It was, it, was, it was very helpful. It, it felt like um, there were, I had things that I could be, like I knew I had areas I needed to work. It just helped articulate what those actually were. Yeah. And also, you know, I think this was echoed earlier, but actually I'm doing a couple of things already. Right. So yeah. Pat yourself on the back. For Absolutely, so. yeah. Yeah, when we don't, uh, one of the blessings of examining is that you, you are, you you are winning sometimes. Like we are, our minds are so in based in the negative and highlighting right, like these things that are just driving us crazy, and that like fills the screen. But when we look at the screen objectively, like hey, you know, you're progressing, like you're growing, like you're changing. Things are happening. Um, all right, so. Um, so did you notice and have the thought that as I abide well, right, that practices and abiding actually kind of come into different categories? Have you noticed that? Yeah. I, if I abide, I bet I'll rest, like I'm actually resting too, right? Other, other things are being benefited from uh, different categories. So we're not trying to do, uh, when, you, when we get uh, further on um, later into making the chart, you, like, you know, we're not trying to fill the chart up with a bunch of things. Like, we're just trying to make sure that, like, I'm doing things that are hitting all of this and I'm aware of them because the more things that it hits and when I engage in them, that actually makes me feel better. When you are struggling to, like, go and be with God's people and the only reason I want to be there is because of, like, I'm attendance or God's going to be mad at me, that's not enough good reason to go. When I've got five reasons to go, <laughs> right, then I'm going to go and I'm going to be joyful about being there. Does that make sense? And so that is really, really helpful. All right, so let's, let's look at abiding. Um, so a couple things if you didn't already uh, highlight this. So in the first paragraph, we create space, right? So much of abiding is you creating space to meet with God. If you can create more space, it's easier to get better at what's happening in that space than it is to create the space. Amen? Your issue... Uh, do you want me to repeat that, Macy? <laughs> um, it's harder to create the space. Okay, Worry about creating the space first and then worry about getting better at what's happening in the space later. Okay, We want it to be perfect. We want the perfect date every time. Okay, It can be okay, and that's good, versus like not having it at all. All right? So we create space. So, so much of abiding is creating space to be with God. And as we do that, right, so some first dates are great. Some first dates are super awkward, okay? But as we continue to be in that space, we commit to it, right? We, we want it to be, because a lot of times it just happens and we're like, eh, but we're like, we didn't plan it. We had no, like, we're not engaging in what's happening. We're just kind of passively open my Bible, whatever, whatever, Right? But if we really wanted it, that second date of the first date getting so well, like what would we do? We'd dress, maybe, well, let me dress a little different. Let's do a little different activity. Let's, let's spend a little more time doing this, right? This is what we would do. Why do we not do that with our time with God? If it means that much to us, like we would put some thought into it, guys. <laughs> right, change it up. Right, is that, is that good? Right? The staleness is not good. All right. So the, the ending, to turn your attention to God throughout the day. So as abiding, right, what I'm doing, right, is, is helping us, right, not just engage once, but that, but that once kind of carrying throughout. Have you been in a situation where what you engaged in affected more time, right? This is not just a throwaway. It's not like I eat a protein bar, throw it away, whatever. Like what are some things that happen in everyday life that as I do them, they have residual effects, Okay, yeah, I'm tense. It's driving like I, after I get out of the car, like I'm still tense for a little bit. Yep, sure. Yep. Yep. 
teaching eighth graders. Amen. There you go. There you go. Right, so the last, in, indexing your heart's affections toward receiving and giving love. So to Michael's point, right, a lot of, a lot of abiding could be helped uh, with getting some training wheels. Right, so there's sometimes when, my, when I am in crisis, right, and I just need to spend time with the Lord crying out to him and telling him what I think he knows, but I need to physically do that. Right, I need to confess. I need to tell him, Here, here's what's going on. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm thankful, right? I'm joyful. Like I need to express those things. So there's sometimes that happens, but sometimes like just a regular day and what I, I don't know how to connect with you. I don't know how to think about you. So this is where training wheels comes in. Right. Um, and so we'll, so it, it relates to like um, reading a Psalm. If everybody told you that, like why is reading a Psalm before I pray like a good training wheel? What happens when I do that before I do the other thing. If that's all I do, I just read a psalm and then I pray. Yeah. Here's some words that I could use, absolutely. What else is this? Actually, it's me the power of if I'll engage in like praises or uh, praise choruses, right? If I'm worshiping. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Right? It's somebody else that knows what they're doing. <laughs> so what, how are they doing it? Can I use those words? It's not illegal. Right? So the Psalms is the songbook of the Bible. They are written down songs, right? Do you, uh, how many of you know way more song lyrics than you do Bible verses? Why? Yeah, right. It's got a tune. It's got like some, that, that is the Psalm. Every one of them was sung. There's a reason why they could memorize the whole thing because <laughs> they sang them consistently. They read them consistently. We think, well, why, I shouldn't read the same thing ever. You should if you want to know it. <laughs> for whatever reason, that is not how we engage with the Bible. We think that for some reason, like, that's bad and it's going to get stale. Well, how can something get stale if you don't know it? If it's good, I want to eat it over and over again. When I, when, anytime I memorize Scripture, it's not because I sat there and, like, did some kind of flashcards or whatever. I just read it so much that I knew it. <coughs> So here's where we need help. So this is what is going to be some, uh, some good discussion just offline as you're walking downtown, as you're throwing the Frisbee, as you're uh, playing some games this afternoon. Like talk to people that you know maybe. Ask them what their practices are and ask them about like what that looks like. All of us need help um, in practice uh, that makes the time that we spend the Lord more fulfilling, okay, and more connective, Okay, more fulfilling and more connective. You need more ideas, right? You need to talk about that. You need to practice things. And then afterwards, think about, so did that help me? Like, did those training wheels, right, allow me to stay on the bike? <laughs> so one thing that I have been doing for the past two months is I have been doing what's called praying the hours or fixed prayer. And so there's three times a day that I try, that I've committed to praying, and obviously I don't, I, I miss that sometimes. I can, I'll tell you personally if you, if you care how that's been going for me. But these training wheels have given me some structure that I've sorely lacked. You know what, it is wonderful when I wake up, I don't have to think about it, that I, I know where to go. I, I do this day, I look up, it basically has a order of service for me personally. And I sit there and I read it out loud, I personalize it. And, uh, and I just go through that. And then, it, and then it has a time for intercession and personal prayer. And whereas it used to be when I was praying, like I felt like maybe, I don't know, 50, 60% of the time, like I was kind of into it, not distracted. When with those training wheels, I'd say it's like 95% of the time. Like I'm totally engaged in what I'm praying for because I've done all of this other connecting work before I pray. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so I have been uh, 
doing some different practices, giving myself some training wheels, and that has given me consistency. So that at some time during the day, I'm taking what is at least 15 minutes, could drag longer, but it's no less than that. If I've got a time in the midday, I do, I do another time in the midday, and sometime in the evening I do. So that's fixed time. I don't have to think about it, I just do it. And the days that I do it, oh, it's so sweet. But sometimes I miss. And then I got another time, right? So it's not like, oh crap, when can we reschedule? You know how that with friends? Well, I have three times that I can connect with him during the day right now that I'm practicing getting better at. I'm not trying to do five times or seven. I'm trying to do three. Okay? And so those three shorter times have been, uh, I have really enjoyed that. So I'd love to talk with you offline about what that looks like, what I've done, if other people do that. Um, I really like that. Questions or thoughts about abiding? So this is not meant to be exhaustive, but just can kind of give you time to real quick um, ask any questions or have any specific other thoughts about that. Yes? I thought it was interesting how when you were speaking of space, you seemed to kind of break it up into two categories, which was space apart from like people, mm -hmm. but also space designated for prayer. Yeah. And I know that's been very helpful for me. It's like just a chair in your bedroom for which you can kneel or and that's just your prayer space. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I get that, and I guess I need to work more on that personally. Yeah, good. I didn't read my Bible, so... That's all right. I got my phone Perfect, perfect. All right, we good? All right, uh, so let's go over to mind. All right, so, so uh, practices in this space are going to have the most impact on your day-to-day -day life. Full stop. Okay? <clears throat> um, would you describe yourself as uh, disciplined in your mind or undisciplined? <laughs> yes, everybody say the last one. <laughs> Not everybody, just only if it's true. All right, what, what is the issue? Is it ignorance? Like, do you... Do we not know that our mind is kind of pulls most of the weight and really affects everything else we do? So that would be like, I just don't think about it, but that makes sense. So is most of your issue, is it just ignorance of just being thoughtful, right? About like, hey, my mind is a battleground. Like, am I putting up a fight in any way? Am I trying to do what it needs? So that's one option, okay? Uh, I'm ignorant of the battle of my mind and it being the biggest deal. The second thing is I'm aware of it, right? But I don't know where to start. Like, I, it's so much, it's so big, I don't know what decisions I need to make to kind of, like, start making better progress, right? Start winning. I feel like I'm losing <laughs> the battle of my mind. Right, and I, there's just too much. I don't know kind of where to do step one, step two, right? So what category are you in? Or is it ignorance that I, I don't realize that it is the battle and it affects me more than anything else? Or is it so overwhelming that I don't know where to start? Who is number one? Ignorance. That's, that you think that's your issue. I'm not aware, all right? All right, so does that mean everybody else is in number two or some other category? <laughs> It's so overwhelming, you know, you're just describing like what it's like to live in my head. I don't know which way is up. Okay. Do you feel like, but, but, but you feel like, do you know what to do? Yeah. And you're just not doing it? Yes. Okay. Like, or I'll do it for like a week and then like two months later, I was like, oh, that, that actually was a good idea. And then we'll try again and then we'll be like four months after. Okay. Like, awesome. Does so everybody feel, that's great. That's a much better feeling that I know how. Okay, that'd be a third category, right? I know what to do, yes. I think my two categories are complacency, so like to that point, or distraction. Okay. So like I know how to do it, but I don't feel like doing it. Okay. Too busy or distraction where I'm just being pulled into. All right. I feel like we're just inundated by working things, like just all around us. Yeah. 24-7 where we not, not necessarily lose sight if there's a battleground, but it's almost like 
we're so caught up in it subconsciously we don't really recognize it. Okay, yeah. So that would be kind of the ignorance piece. So it's like a battle, yeah. So the, the not being thoughtful, I think, might be a good description here. All right? Keep it coming. Other thoughts? It's helpful. The more you share your perspective, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Right? So don't think I'm just, this is not just busy work. Right? When I ask you your opinion, like it's helpful for clarity for others to hear, you get like, it matters what I say. I, I think one thing, maybe, maybe this is just me being real myself, but like sometimes when you pray or read, and I mean, it could be the Bible, but it could even be other stuff. Uh-huh. You start thinking about other things that need to get done. Yeah. And like that can create just an anxious feeling. And like, okay, well, I'll just come back to this yeah. later. And, you know, it could just be stuff on your phone. It could be stuff, you know, all different news cycles, whatever's going on in your life. But that is the struggle with prayer, I think, is the fact that you're not being purely active. And there may be that feeling like, oh, I need to go do something. Yeah, no, absolutely. The ability of prayer is that, oh, I got to go to the one who can do something. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so some of our kind of reluctance to go to prayer, right, is our ineffectiveness at it at all times because we have a poor expectation of what we should be able to do. We think that at any time I should be able to get on, block out all distractions and go to the Father. That's not true. So, like, let that idea sail. <laughs> okay, that you need to do work just like I can't come up to you and right, get right into it. Like, we got we to gotta massage this a minute before we can have the conversation that we need to have, right? There was somebody over here, back here, yeah. What Michael was saying is you feel distracted by other stuff, which is, that's the enemy, putting other things in your head, like, I got work to do, I got uh, chores to do, I got phone calls to make, I got everything else that comes first in your mind, that your time with the Lord should come first, but we're so wrapped up in what yeah. we're doing on a day-to-day basis this can wait. Yep. So we push it off, we push it off, we push it off, we push it off, and then we have, we're like, oh, I had 10 minutes to do it, but I didn't take my 10 minutes to do it. Now i got two minutes, and, and yeah. And now I have nothing. Right. Um, uh, what, what I struggle with is, like, I have a 45-minute to 50-minute car ride to work. I can use that to listen to the radio or listen to my Bible. Mm-hmm. Or listen to a sermon. Yep. Oftentimes, I fight back and forth with, well, I don't feel like listening to my Bible right now because it feels like work. Yep. And uh, and I know that's the enemy putting that seed in my mind, saying, well, that's work for you. But when you overpower that that uh, that thought or those thoughts, then you're like, finally, I'm at peace. It's peaceful, it's relaxing, I'm learning, yeah. I'm with the Father, and I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, somebody uh, grab uh, each of these verses here. So by way of reminder about our mind, I want to r- remind us of what's going on. When we get, when we're reminded what's going on, what, what it does for me is it creates a vigilance. That if I do nothing, right, entropy is going to happen. <laughs> right? You science people, hear me? Right, so it's the, it's the um, second law of thermodynamics, right, which says basically everything goes to chaos. Go look at your room when you don't cultivate it and keep it. Right, the socks don't automatically go in the drawer. They stay on the floor, right? <clears throat> so because of, after we read these verses, and remind ourselves what the reality in the world is, I cannot be neutral in my mind, okay? I cannot be passive, right, in what I, uh, in what I let in and what I decide to do. We are really, really, really passive in what we let uh, in and what we decide to do. All right, somebody read Ephesians 6.12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places. So the translation said, my battle is not against flesh and blood, right? 
Like the, the real battle is in the spiritual world. If, um, if, what the, if what the Bible claims is true, right, that there are forces in the world that you can't see that are malevolent, <laughs> that are not of the Spirit of God, and they are against you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and life abundantly. That is the battle. God is for life. He's trying to give you life. He's trying to give you a relationship. The thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the battle. That is true. It's true or it's not true. If that is true, okay, then how can they have the most effect on me? They're not standing in front of me with a pitchfork or a knife. Well, sometimes. Except for the Walmart dude, right? Dude. He bashed him. Right in our city. Anyway, sorry. Um, so if that's true, then where, where are they attacking us? There was a guy with a knife in a Walmart in Columbia, South Carolina, and, a, uh, and a, another gentleman disarmed him by taking one of those things that has the rope and smashing him in the face with it. <laughs> right? That is not passive. <laughs> that is active. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good picture, right, of taking control of our mind. Right? Our mind has a knife. God's truth is like, nope. <laughs> So, again, th this is practical. If there is an evil one, and he has evil minions, okay, how is he attacking you? Mind. That's the battlefield. That's where he's coming for you. You know and feel this. All right, let's read uh, Romans 2.15. Does that feel true? <laughs> Alternately accusing or it's defending them, talking about like what's going on in my mind. Right? I'm doing great. I'm doing terrible. Right? And First uh, John 5 talks about this idea of that we need to be able to discern the spirits. Right? If the, if the spiritual realm exists, if it is the thing that is attacking me, if that is what most of my day is contingent upon, it's like my mind. Right, me taking control of it, me helping understand how God can help me uh, engage uh, properly, that my mind can be renewed, that my mind can be healthy. Can, can you imagine? Like we can have healthy thoughts, <laughs> that it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a cesspool of loss up there or in there, wherever you think it is. So here's a couple words we need to talk about. This is the, the other ones we'll go through real quick. Um, so formation, deformation. All right, formation, deformation. What are you doing to help your mind be renewed? That's formation. Are you doing anything? Is it working? If it's not working, you need to do something different. Right? Formation. Are you committing to doing things that are forming you? Renewing your mind. All right, deformation. Are you doing things that are deforming your mind? Yes, you are. So in formation, right, what am I doing? I need to name those things. It's really helpful if I put going, just again, because we like, ah, I go to serve a church. You need to be in church on Sunday. No, you need to be in church because you need that time. You can take that time to be formed. There's other things that are going on, but be there because I need for an hour that I can count on that's consistent, that's a rhythm, that I'm there for it. Whether it happens or not, don't worry about that. That you're there for it to happen. For me. Be open. Right? What do I need to engage in? If I don't have enough formation in there, I need more. It ain't going to happen if, it's not, if you're not engaging in it. If you're not trying to be formed, you're not going to be formed. Deformation, what do I need to disengage from? There are things in your life and my life that are deforming me. That's a bad word. When we put it like that, they're like, yeah, that's true. And I don't like how you said that. But when I think about it like that, that seems like, yeah, I can eat more easily stop doing that. 
So that's just kind of, a, that's just like, in general, we haven't even made any plans yet. Um, I want you to think about like a retreat setting like this, or if you take time to kind of have like what we might call like a long, quiet time, right? I want you to think of like you need times of feasting in your life. Like you need times of feasting spiritually, right? Like those are big times of formation. I can, I, through my college career, I can tell you, I can't remember moments, right? But I can remember like weekends and weeks and months, right? Like when I was at camp, I'm like in this, basically this um, spiritual greenhouse <laughs> where I pray. So, and I thought about this. Why do I grow so much in that two months every summer? Every day I'm uh, praising and worshiping. I'm leading kids in Bible study three hours. I'm praying with them consistently, right? I am challenged to read my Bible because I've got to teach it. So I'm in the word. I am talking about the kids. I am uh, getting discipled with things I don't know. That's crazy. Why? You know, it's like, oh, and I was growing. It's super weird. <laughs> that I was engaging in things that were forming me. And I had a whole two months to do. I didn't have to do anything else, right? I was feasting in formation and very, very little deformation. There was battles. There was things I didn't do right, but man, no cell service, no TV, no radio, no media of any kind. Best two months of my life. <laughs> Every summer. We also need planned fasting. I mean, you can get rid of your phone and you can live. This is going to be hard, right? That might be, that might be untenable. That, that's probably untenable for me. But uh, I like this word that uh, he uses, parenting your phone, right? Setting limits on it, having a plan. It doesn't control me, I control it. Doesn't this look like, feel like a little demon demanding me? <laughs> feed me, feed me, look at me, touch me, touch me. <laughs> but I think that's where I get like, I'll either go like all or nothing, like yeah. and it yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. And I need to be more disciplined on like, yes, you, there's some people I only have their Snapchat. And so my friends are like, hey, what happened to work with you? Like, let's hang out or something. I'm like, oh, I, it's like, it kind of gets overwhelming to be like, okay, let me move everyone into my messages, but then I don't like to check my messages all the time. Yeah. Because it's like I want a boundary there too. Yeah, preach it, girl. So, no, no, I mean, I'm being serious. Like, yeah, it's no. Really yeah. difficult yeah. to not be on my phone all the time or either not be on it and people think you're like crazy. Yeah. Don't use it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, preach it is like being like that you're being very specific about like the, about the problem. That's really helpful. Yeah, so go ahead and ask a question. Okay. So what do we so what do we do with that? So what else do we need to do planned uh, planned fasting from? Like what are some things that we it's just part of life, but man, it would be really good for me to just have a time where like Friday, here's what I normally do, but here's what I could do or not do that would be really helpful in stopping some deformation, right? Or, or because that's put away, I can choose, right? Something that's healthier. I feel like one of the side effects of my job is I am horrible about bringing work home because it's like, you've got to get it done because mm -hmm. you've got all these people counting on you to get that done. But it's one of those things, like, I have to turn off the work brain. Like, I've got to just cut it off fast from it until I go back in the next day. And that's, I guess, one of the things I have here now is, like, don't bring it home anymore. Just leave it there, fast from it the entire time you're at home so you can find true rest in that. And I know that's, it's going to be difficult, but it's, like, something I know I need to do. And it's yeah. weird to think of fasting as something other than food. Not something that, I mean, fasting, I was like, oh, you're not going to eat something. That's, yeah. But 
fasting can be your phone, fasting can be your job, fasting can be all these other things. It's something that takes them, I just never thought about it like that. Yeah. So, go ahead. Most, I, I don't really understand fasting. I wrote, my dad did it all the time, and like he tried to explain to me, but yeah. is it like most important that it's food, or was it just food because that was like your basic need? Like that was like your top priority that you need. So currently, would it be like whatever our top so it starts with food because that's a baseline thing right because if i don't do with food like i'm you know but but anything yeah so the the power of the thing matters like if i fast from something that i never do that that's not helpful but if i I pass from something that yeah i'm engaging in regularly then what that is to be replaced in it's kind of it's the principle in john six right for we um or even when when jesus in um in the in Matthew four in the temptation, where what was he quote back, right? My it's like I'm hungry, but like I, my my sustenance is not food; it's on every word from God's mouth. So what typically happens? There's lots of fasting, but in general, it's I am skipping a meal, and while I'm hungry, okay, while I might be hungry, I'm going to spend that time with the Lord, um, engaging with Him, talking with Him. And trying to feast on him versus something else, and, and trying to and using that as a way to find sustenance that I generally don't value. So, real quick about the phone, about parenting the phone. So, here's just one quick idea. So, just like everything else in our life, right, that we become beholden to whatever apps and schedules and habits that we have. So, don't think anybody's. Uh, the same, but you have a way of interacting with your phone. You have ways of like, my phone, I have access to it. And sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't. You might cut it off at night or whatever. So the first thing is in, in parenting, like we need to have a plan, okay, with our phone, just like everything else. And so what the thing that I have found, and I am not as engaged with it as you are. So like, this is, this is like, um, I'm old, okay. And so I've had a phone like a long time, you know, but I don't have the same. I don't have quite the same relationship that some of you have with it. Okay, a, a particularly like my text message. I text a lot, but like you probably message more than me. Okay, so I, I just want that to be a caveat. All right. So, um, so because it kind of owns us. All right, <laughs> a little bit, or it feels that way sometimes. It feels weird to ask the question: How is it a tool for me? Okay, because this is great. This is great. I mean, I, I, I disciple on my phone. You know, I get, I get God's truth on my phone. I get reminded of things on my phone. But those things are a tool in my hand for my good. Okay, when I feel beholden, right, to respond to things or to get alerted to things or that, like my mind doesn't get cut off, then... I don't have the relationship that I need to have with it. I'll just say that. I'm not saying the relationship you should have it, but that's like a ditch, right? That's not helpful. So what I need to begin to do is I need to begin to have some rules and put some rules in place to start having uh, better boundaries, right? And to, as opposed to like my kid running the house, like I'm the parent, okay? I need to put some rules in place and do some things that give, right? That make that that phone back into a tool and not something um, that's running my life. So here's two ideas. Number one, okay, is when you are texting or messaging or however you communicate with people, do that like if any of you like do email for 30 minutes, like you got text time. So like text like crazy for 30 minutes, okay? Get out the messages, hold on one sec. So get those messages out. So treat it like email, right? And another time it'd be like, hey, I've got 30 minutes and I'm gonna read and respond, not like I'm beholden. You're not at the call center, okay? So you may not be able to do that. That's an idea, like extrapolate with that, that I make the rules, okay? So questions about that, because this is something that we all deal with. I hate how much I'm on my phone. So here's the thing, this, this gets a little far afield, but I think this is important. Um, so I'm, I'm going to make like a terrible analogy. So we're grownups in here, all right? So this comes up a lot with talk about guys, right, is um, let's talk about like pornography. All right, so a lot of times it's, um, so that 
all, almost all of the things that deal with it is basically like stopping looking at it, right? But what I really need to do is not want to look at it, okay? So with the phone, like I can do things that like make it, but I really want to. Like there's a, <laughs> there's a thing that's like, that makes me kind of want to engage with it. And so that really is the issue and the thing that I really want to. Like what is the phone? Why do I want to be connected all the time? Because am I happy about it? No, I feel tethered. So, so the issue is, and because they've designed them, right, to release endorphins, so that's the other thing. It's just kind of a pill that as the more I touch it, it lights up, it gives me info, like it's, like it's, it's designed like that so that you know that it's meant to make you use it as much as possible, then you're, you have to say no. I recognize that, you got me, <laughs> but not anymore. So the second thing that I have done, and I, I don't do the text thing all the time, but I, I do it more and it's helping. Like I'm texting right now, I'm not texting. I'll respond to that when I have this time. Right, yeah. Right, yep. Correct. And so part of that will be communicating to others. The same thing with email, like we, we train others, positively and negatively. We train them that we're available all the time. We can train them that we're not. Call me if you need me, you know? Um, so the, the other thing would be another practice that I've done is for the internet, I try to not be on the internet on my phone. I don't look anything bad on my phone. I just look at basketball articles and refresh, <laughs> right? You're like, why? Love it. I love reading basketball articles. <laughs> um, but uh, just a small practice of not touching my phone so much is like, hey, make yourself, if you want to surf the internet, do it on my laptop. I just don't do it as long. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like I can't get as comfortable. I mean, I can sit on my laptop for a while, but it's just like, let's not, it's just a, a rule that I put in for myself that I try to, as much as I can, like look at. Uh, uh, so whatever your rule is, right, um, I think that's helpful. Okay, so formation, deformation, huge with the mind. Right, commit to uh, disengaging. Right, and commit to engaging in, in spiritual things. All right, a couple more. We're just going to get through these real quick. All right, body. All right, for those of you over the last couple years that have committed to a regular bedtime, raise your hand. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me how awesome it is. Yes? Anybody? Singing its praises? Yes? Look at Kara. She's like, if I had more thumbs, I would give them. All right, so for the rest of you that don't have a regular bedtime, let them not shame you, but encourage you. Okay? It's great. Um, in, uh, in some of my graduate classes, uh, I had a psychology professor um, talk specifically, we did a whole unit on sleep. It was fascinating. Okay? Here's the takeaway. Sleep heals our body. That is its biological purpose, how God made it. Is that crazy? If you get enough sleep, everything is better. Everything. If you do not get enough sleep, basically as it was fixing you, it was interrupted. Right? That makes it more imperative, doesn't it? I want it to make it imperative. It's not that I feel tired. I feel like your body is, needs to heal itself. That is what sleep is. Okay, you're frail. <laughs> God wants you a Sabbath every single day, and it's called sleeping. It is healing to you. You need to prioritize it. Okay? Not all day. Stephen. <laughs> But it needs to be regular, right? Because when we sleep regularly, have a regular bedtime. That doesn't mean, right, that if somebody's crying in front of it, I'm so sorry, 9 o'clock. I, I see you. Okay? <laughs> we need to be grace-giving. No, I was kidding. I was, I was pointing at McKenna, not Kitty. So, um, but, right, that is our regular, right, that is our regular practice, but we can break from regularity as the Lord leads, Okay? To eat well, all right, we've got to plan. When you don't plan to eat, fill in the blank. What happens? Right? Yeah, you go to Chick-fil-A. You go to the gas station. You go, you get something wrapped in cellophane. You come in, you become a hunter-gatherer, don't you? 
Like when you're hangry, when you're hangry, you become a hunter-gatherer. Whatever I could get my mitt on is going in my mouth, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I'm eating this. All right, what, how can I uh, spend time being mobile, okay? We get, take this to the extreme, you know. We don't need to be, uh, be able to, uh, we don't need to, feel, knock yourself out, we don't need to be able to compete well right in the CrossFit games, okay? That's your thing, man, do it, all right? But we also, right, don't need to be those people in, uh, in Wally. Right? Isn't that great? You're like, I, I am that person, right? I'm just up. I need a straw to like get the food in my mouth, you know, because I don't actually want to like shovel it in. Scooting around. That is so funny. So as it relates to our body, our, our culture, and then here's the thing that we need to make sure that we're not deformed in. Our culture puts way too much emphasis on the body. Way too much emphasis. Okay. Right, so your, your perspective is going to be skewed here. We need to go, right, to God's Word, to each other, for reassurance, for encouragement, right, because our relationship with our body is not great. Okay? So some things to think through there. All right, relationships. All right, as you're looking at those examples, right, what, uh, what I'm... What I'm anticipating what you hit, friendship, church, marriage, family, your default is you go to the one that I'm good at, right? And then you also like, wait a minute, that's a little overwhelming. I'm supposed to like keep up all those relationships? <laughs> is that pretty accurate? So um, as you have, like not everybody has these readily available, right? Not everybody's married. Not everybody has a um, everybody has like a strong church uh, like body of believers that encourages them and supports them. Not a lot of people have like um, a bunch of friendships that are uh, really life giving to them, right? But God has ordained these things to be available to us, right? And so we want to be moving towards right health in these areas as we have them. So. If I am a friend to someone, then am I choosing, right, to engage with that friend at a level that I'm a friend to them? Okay? One time this girl in college asked me, Rob, are we friends or acquaintances? <laughs> and you're thinking, right, you're laughing, you're like, don't say what's actually true. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> and being the butthead that I was, I'm like, no, nah, you know, she asked. Right? And it's just not like a one-on-one -on -one conversation either, like in a car full of people. Why did she ask that? That was like the worst. Do you like me? You know? <laughs> Are we friends? And I was like, no, nah, I'd say we're more acquaintances. <laughs> stupid, stupid person. So what, what's, the, what's the point here? What's the point here? Right, being, right being, being truthful, right, about take responsibility for the relationships that we're in. Like if I have, if I have a brother, like I'm a brother, and I need to like steward that relationship. That is a responsibility I have, and I'm either doing it poorly or I'm, you know, engaging in it well. Right, if I have parents and I have access to them, I need to see them, you know. Does that need to mean I see them every day or every week? No, but they need to be a consistent part of my life. Phone call, what, you know, whatever, whatever my schedule will allow. I can't, I can't be absent from those places. Right, church, if you're a Christian, you're part of the body of believers. You are to participate, you are to engage, you are to serve. Okay? That is a stewardship he has given you. That is a responsibility he has given you. Are you keeping up that responsibility? We kind of decide what we're going to engage in and here's what the beautiful thing is. God has already decided what you need to engage in. Most of our issue, right, analysis, paralysis, I can do this, I can do this person, I can ask, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty simple. Like, I don't have to make those decisions. He's told me what's important. <laughs> He's told me where to spend a lot of my time. He's told me what to invest in. So just take him up on it. I have really appreciated not making those decisions. 
If some of you have started doing that, I anticipate the same thing, right? Man, so much simpler. Listening to the Lord. All right, we, uh, here's our favorite, right? We have lots of favorite. Here's our favorite. We, we choose, right, what we decide to do, yes? All right, as opposed to like listening to God and starting from there, and we neglect. It's our favorite. Yes? We love neglecting things. We're so good at it. I can do that. I'll never see you again. <laughs> or I'll do it when it's boiling over and I got to run over there when there's other three other things going on and you make me feel bad. So we so our default is we neglect and we choose. Okay? In some instances, we don't have a choice. So take that expectation off the thing. In most of your life, you actually don't have a choice. You're just choosing to choose. Because he's given you responsibility. And you're neglecting those responsibilities and choosing other things. So we need to reverse that. We need to be more mindful of what my responsibilities are. Learn to take care of those. And then once those are taken care of, and once those have good rhythms, and I want to choose other things, well, then I can do that. Does that make sense? So the last piece about this is um, everything doesn't need to be daily or weekly. Okay? I can spend, if my parents aren't here, okay, just an example, seeing them consists like quarterly, hey, that might be realistic and doable. I don't need to, I don't have to call them every day, right? I don't have to see them every day. I don't have to see my best friend every, you know, does that make sense? There's nothing we have to do. But there are things that we need to decide to do based upon relationship. Does that make sense? So in lots of these things, we have agency and it doesn't feel like that. All right, a couple more. Just trying to make you guys really hungry. We're almost done. Yeah, yes, yes. All right, it's important. I'm trying to finish, but there's so much stuff to be said. All right, seven minutes. That's all the time I have, seven minutes. That's for you, Madison. She said her ADD was... Okay, rest. Love, here's a couple of things that I thought really helpfully said. Very hard to tempt well-rested, healthy, happy people. Oh my gosh, what a great statement. Is that true? You unrested. <laughs> Sometimes struggling with happiness. Vacillating between healthy and unhealthy people. Very hard to tempt well-rested, healthy, happy people. When you're well-rested, love comes more easily out of our inner being. Absolutely true. When my daughter, who's very sensitive and has trouble sometimes, needs my patience, when I am rested, I can give it to her. And when I can't, the other thing happens. Get your shoes on. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> Rest is an essential component to living well in God's world. Um, there's a psychologist, he says, you know, there's lots of uh, treatments that I have, he says, but I've just gotten every meeting, the first time I meet with somebody, and subsequently times I ask him two questions. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating good? He said it starts there. Like all the problems, essentially, <laughs> you get out of sorts from there. Okay. Rest is an essential component. All right, so here's some questions I have for you. What in your life decreases fear? We talk about anxiety. Anxiety is being scared. Anxiety is being fearful of something, of everything, of something specific, right? It manifests itself in different ways, but essentially it is being fearful. What decreases fear? Okay. Well, I would say you know, being presented in those, like whatever the situation is that makes you fearful, if you put yourself in that situation more frequently, you, know, you build that confidence that you, can, that you can get through it. What decreases fear? What increases gratitude? So we're thinking of rest, okay? Things I can do to rest, right? Sitting on the, uh, so laying on the couch for eight hours, 
Netflix, auto, doing the next TV show, and scrolling on my phone is not rest, as you know. <laughs> rest means, man, I feel good. How can you do something for eight hours and, not, and feel worse? You're not doing anything. All right. I'm, I'm saying for myself, I only know that because I have done that. All right, so last question. What doesn't feel like work? Here's how we define work. Producing, fixing, earning. What doesn't feel like work? Work is fixing, producing, and earning. That's what he wasn't want to do on us on Sunday. Okay, you got six days to fix, produce, and earn. Once a day, I need you to stop doing that. I need you to go to sleep. Once a week, I need you to stop doing that and do something else. Yes? A big, uh, a big part of resting is being able to declare or judge something good. That is so key to resting well. Okay? Isn't it so much easier to stop working when I feel like I've done what I needed to do today? Yep. Isn't it amazing? So you got the to-do list and you're like, oh, I did it, but it took me 15 hours. Hey, everybody, you need to decrease that to-do list. You can't do as much as you think you can do. You need to decrease your expectation of yourself and everybody else in your life. Because of phones and every other thing, we think that we can do way more than we can. We have an expectation that's way out of whack with reality. The God is kicking my butt with this right now. Because as I have that expectation, I have that expectation for others around me. What are you doing? Do something. <laughs> right? As a boss, that's awful. Right? Declaring, judging something good is a great way of resting. This is what, G this is what God did in Genesis. He made it, and that's good. Made a good, good pound cake. Oh, that's good. We're done with that. Man, I had a great, that was a good meeting, right? Like when you declare it good, right? Like you're able to move on. Proper perspective is key to resting. Why can't we rest? Because we're thinking about all the things we got to do that I can only do. That's not proper perspective. You are not God's gift. The world will turn without you. You can't do everything. You shouldn't do everything. He has not asked you to do everything. Do you need to hear that again? You can't do everything. You shouldn't do everything. He has not asked you to do everything. Your worth does not come from doing anything. Your worth comes, He made you. And you're His son, you're His daughter, that's your worth. So declaring, judging something is good is a great way to rest. Proper perspective is a key to resting and trust is a key to resting. For me to not earn, produce, or fix on a Sunday or at some time in the evening, I've got to trust that it's going to be okay. Right? I can't stop working. I can't not put in work in that if I can't trust God that, he, that what needs to happen will happen with me not doing that that day. And when I don't, I am not trusting him. So we need to figure out how to find and experience proper perspective. It's a key component of health and wholeness. Here's what rest feels like. Are you ready? It's real, it's real complicated. Is my wife in here? She is not. <laughs> Philip. Please stand up with me. Here's what rest feels like. If, if Philip is God... Right here, let's do, yeah, there we go, over the thumb over. All right, if Philip, with, if Philip is God, this is what rest feels like. Think about all the decisions I have to make. He's right here, right? He's holding my hand through it. This is the intimacy that he wants for me. You understand? When you're little, were you anxious when you're holding your parents' hand or your grandma's hand or your friend's hand? No. Nope. Were you worrying about things when you're holding somebody's hand? Like that's why you're holding their hand to, to make that stuff go down, right? 
So, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I'll hold you, your hand anytime. That was not awkward at all. Right? That is what rest looks like. That is what we need to figure out how to do with God. Okay? I've laid, somehow, I think one time we had couches like laid like this, and I laid on the couch holding Renee's hand. It was great. It was very restful. All right. I have negative three minutes. Last one. <laughs> Work and money. All right, just a couple of highlights here. You're super hungry. All right, remember, we all talked about almost all these things last night. Right? We are created to work and care for things. Get over it. That's how you're made. <laughs> We're not trying to work and then do nothing. That is American culture. That is not God's design for you. Okay? You are to work and to cultivate for the rest of your life. What we do with our resources, the second, uh, third sentence, say, what we do with our resources matters to God. He cares about it. He gave them to you as a stewardship. He, it, he, he cares about it. I love this. Work is an expression of love and justice at best. At worst, it's ambition and greed. Continuum. Right? Love and justice. Ambition and greed. How we steward our resources is a key to our apprenticeship to Jesus. Because my heart stewards those things, right? What do you care about? Let's look at your bank statement. What do you care about? Let's look at your internet history. <laughs> Examples, times of deep work each week. Stop dabbling. If you're doing something, man, do it better. Do less things better. When you're working, like if you're digging a hole, man, concentrate on digging the hole. Dig the stew out of that thing. Right? Don't half, don't half do it. Stop dabbling. Um multitasking is not a thing you cannot multitask you call it multitasking it is doing a bunch of tasks really poorly at the same time okay stop multitasking so uh studies have shown 25 minutes is the max time that you can focus that's it 25 minutes deep work that's it <laughs> huh 25 minutes. You can focus. So focus for 25 minutes and then do something else. Uh, one more thing. Uh, dedicated time, right? Fixed hour schedule, right? Get, giving some boundaries on when I'm working, when I'm earning, right? So there's some, a ton of practical stuff here, but last thing, um, talking about simplicity, all right? The more things we have, again, there's nothing wrong with them. You have agency on how you spend your money, what your family has, whatever. But owning a boat makes your life complicated. I'm just saying. You understand? So that doesn't mean that you shouldn't own a boat. I'm just saying know what you're getting into. <laughs> okay? So whatever your boat is, um, the Lord is encouraging us to live as simply as we can manage. Right? Because it uncomplicates our lives so much. Uh, and I'll, I'll end with this. Eugene Peterson makes this, and I'll, I can talk offline. I will not, uh, I will not have you yell at me. Um, but <laughs> he, has, he has this kind of quote. He, he attributes it to C.S. Lewis, but it's not. C.S. Lewis didn't really say this. But the idea is still sound. Um, and this hurts my heart because I've been meditating on this for a couple weeks, but I think it's true. Lazy people are busy. I want you to think about why that might be true in the ways that we have, what way, ways have we been talking about, about, about having rules, about having trellises. Lazy people are busy. Organization takes time, and we don't think it does. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you and I praise you that there, um, 
that stomachs have not created a mutiny as we have gone over time. And I thank you for your spirit staying their hand. But most of all, Father, that I thank you just for allowing us to be engaged, that we're talking about our lives. That we live them and have emotions about them all day long. And to a person, I know in every one of us, that, that we have life and we want to live better. Lord, you are the author of life, the creator of life, the sustainer of life, the giver of life. Why are we not talking to you about how to live it? Lord, we give you authority over our lives and we ask as we play and we rest and we do all the rest of it this afternoon and into the evening, uh, Father, that you would um, slowly but surely be painting a picture, a, the, the right picture of how life with you can be lived as we make space to learn. Lord, thank you so much um, for this time of reflection, of conversation. And I ask that you would bless this food uh, to nourish my body and our conversation as we unpack throughout the day what you're telling us and how you're moving in us, Lord, closer to yourself. We pray these things in the, son, in the name of your mighty Son. Amen. Amen. All right.